This is Football CFB, the home of unique football content. I never told you You scared off the vultures I never told you You scared off the ghosts living in my head That lay lonely in the dirt That Delighted to be joined on CFB this evening by Mark Goldbridge of the United Stand. United Stand is is something that you get an element of Manchester United fans and football fans that give the United Stand stick. But Mark started this from nothing. It's now became incredibly successful. Anytime Mark goes live, that hundreds of thousands of people are tuning in. So it's a popular platform, regardless of what anyone says. And first of all, Mark, how are you today? I'm good, thanks. Um, um, it's good that uh, you know, there's so much football going on at the moment. Manchester United are playing fantastically well as well. Um, I've just seen Arsenal lose again and all the propaganda and meltdowns that come with that. And I tell you what, I'd much, uh, I much prefer what United are doing, um, heading in the right direction. And, you know, we win games and we move on to the next one, which is, which is, which is great. So I'm very happy with what's going on with United at the moment. And as I say in my intro, the United Stand is it's incredibly successful in terms of yourself when you go live, even on Twitter, incredibly popular. So many people are invested in it in terms of their time and they enjoy watching it. And in terms of that, Mark, how proud does that make you to see how much it's grown from nothing to where it is today? Yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's only through things like this. That, and I like doing things like this because it's, you know, I go live, I interact and talk about United and there's very... Very few times you get to sit and reflect and it's only through things like that and what you said there that make me think, you know, we did start it from nothing. We started it off with a with an idea and now a lot of people enjoy it. And so, yeah, I mean, I've got to look back at it and say I'm very proud of it. But I think the thing that I'm proud of is that I think we've been a part of that fan um, development. You know, in lockdown, we see all these fan screens of uh, all the games and I just think that there is now a little bit more respect around fan opinion that there never was, which is one of the reasons I wanted to start the United Stand is there just wasn't that interest in what is the lifeblood of football. The fans, football without fans is nothing, but I think they've been sort of neglected by the mainstream media for, for too long. Whereas now, you know, as we see all the time across many clubs, football fans can actually have a really big, big say and social media has been a big part of that. Definitely. And, and for me, I totally agree with what you've said in terms of fan media. Um, when you get to listen to someone who's as passionate about your club as you are, for me, there's definitely there's definitely more in that. To, to years ago, picking up a newspaper or watching Sky Sports News and maybe getting a 10-minute segment about your club. Now you can you can have hour shows, an hour and a half, half an hour, as like you do in the, in the guys at United Stand. You can go live every day so that you get the content that you're after on a regular basis. One of the things I do want to touch on, Mark, as I said in my intro, incredibly successful, but with Man United and, and any of the big clubs, Liverpool, uh, or the same, Arsenal, the same, there's, 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 there's a factor of people with these clubs that say, oh, if you're not from Manchester, it doesn't count, and people try and compete fans and loyalties against one another. Is that yeah. frustrating for you in terms of the platform? Because as I say, incredibly successful, but typical UK, there's always someone to try and try and sort of pigeonhole it into something that it's not? 
Um, I think it's frustrating. Yes and no. I mean, I, I'm used to it, so it's not it's not such a thing that it, I spend loads of time thinking about it. But funnily, only enough this only only again this week, and United Stands a very big outlet now. And I, you know, I saw something about this week. You know, oh, we're we're the one, we're we're the outlet for real fans. And I thought, not not the United Stand hadn't said that. Another outlet had said it. Real fans. And I was like, well, what defines a real fan then? Because is that a subtle dig at the United Stand? Is it a dig at anybody who's not from Manchester? Are you saying that people are supporting clubs but they don't really support them? Where's your evidence of that? I just think it's a. It is unfortunately it's a really prevalent issue, and we we see it in the United, and I'm sure other clubs get it as well, um, where you know you're almost you, you know you get called a Forest fan or a Luton fan or an Arsenal fan if you're from London, and but it's you're being called it by fans of your own club. You know I'd get it if it was Liverpool fans saying it about United, but it's actually an issue within the fan base, and it just surprises me because I've lived I grew up in Nottingham, but I left there in my teens. Then I went to Ireland, and then I've moved around the Midlands a bit. And I don't judge people on where they're from. You know, I just, I don't get that mentality of, oh, you know, it's a bit like this whole immigration thing about, well, we don't want them over here coming taking our jobs. It's just, it's just a weird mentality to judge people on where they are from. And ultimately, it's a bit like being Prince William, isn't it? You know, fair play, he's in the royal family and what, what a life he probably has. But he was born into that. He didn't choose it. You know, if you're born in Manchester, you're born in Manchester. If you're born in London, you're born in London. The club that you pick could be for anything. You know, your parents might be from Manchester, but they moved to Ireland or wherever, and you grew up supporting Manchester United. Or you might have just turned the telly on when you were seven years of age and Manchester United are there playing with Cantona, and you go, that's the team for me. I've heard every story from doing the United stand. One of the first things I always say is, you know, what was your journey with United? And it could be parents, it could be watching them on the telly, it could be a kit, it could be a specific player. It could be. It could be. It could be being born in Manchester. It could be so many things. But to 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 have this, we're real fans. We're from Manchester, which some people do, and I do know loads of fans from United who are from Manchester who are absolutely brilliant. Um, but then, unfortunately, there's just this minority that just have this. Um, I suppose it's a bit like the neighbour who wants the better car, isn't it? They just want to be a better something. When for me, if you support Manchester United, you're part of the Manchester United family. That's what it is. Absolutely, completely agree with that because, as you say, United are a club who are a global football club. The, the club are happy to to tell everyone that, and so they should be because they are the biggest club in the world, especially when you consider fan base. So it's something that that the club should be proud of and the fans should be proud of because not many clubs in world football, if any at all, have that variety of reach. And another thing I want to pick up on. In regards to your content, during lockdown, relentless drive from from yourself to continually go live when, when people were in their houses, which was wonderful. But And although that was very successful for you, how relieved are you to have United back on the pitch and been able to talk about games all over again? Yeah, I mean, the lockdown was, uh, I mean, it was challenging, but you sort of just got through it. But we were still churning out a lot of content and there was still always something to talk about, which there is with Manchester United. But there's... There's no doubting that look, it's easier to find content when you've got something that's happening every three or four days in relation to games. But um, it's also the, the, the main thing is, you know, the reason we do the United Stand and the reason I support Manchester United is because, you know, it's not because we might sign Jaden Sancho as great as that is. It's because you want to see Manchester United winning football games. So having the football back is great because we're watching football again and then having football back and, and doing what we're doing, which is what I believe 
well, this is the best we've played since Alex Ferguson left, and not just because of the results, the actual excitement. It's yeah, it's great. I mean, there was a bit of uh, momentum before the lockdown, and I, you know, funnily enough, I actually said on one of the shows in lockdown, we'll finish third. And to be fair, a lot of United fans even said, "You're joking. You've got no chance." But I just felt that Pogba and Rashford were going to make a difference, and then obviously the momentum we had with Bruno as well. That I just think United have been massively underachieving for a long time, and at the moment we're doing what we need to do and, and it's exciting. And in terms of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer himself, I mean, there was lots of people towards the end of 2019 who were thinking, right, Spurs have got rid of Pochettino, ideally maybe line him up for the summer. There was there was an atmosphere building um, at that. Then Fernandez comes in, a bit of momentum is built pre-lockdown. You go into the lockdown and to be honest with you, every club is the same situation of worrying about when this is over, will the clubs like Sheffield United, who struggled a wee bit when they came back initially, will you lose that momentum? But that the club and United have not lost that momentum at all. In fact, I would say they're building week on week after the lockdown. I mean, the, the recent statistic, the first team in Premier League history to, to score more than three goals in four games on the trot. I mean, with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, Mark, are you confident that the club have got the right man in charge for the next couple of years at least? Um, I think he is the right man to be in charge for the next... Uh, definitely the next year uh, you've got to be very careful because things can change so very quickly in yeah. football and I, I'm quite proud of the fact that after the Burnley game in, uh, in January I said I think he's got to go I, don't, I just don't think he's the right man for Manchester United and look people, again people will be like oh, I was a top United fan I just I said stick by Ollie and that's great and that's their opinion and look you know what you've been proved right but have you been proved right for the right reasons because I was looking at a United side that was playing bad football um, that was almost hitting rock bottom, um, that was, you know, parking the bus, you know, hitting teams on the break, not playing the United way and, and looked very lost. Um, but the thing that changed it for me was that I felt that Bruno Fernandes should have come in last summer and I was quite vocal about it. And then when they did it in January, I was like, actually, you know what? Maybe it's not the end of the road for Solskjaer. Maybe let's just see what happens between now and the end of the season. Because even then I was thinking, well, Pochettino is going to be available. Pochettino did want Bruno at Spurs last summer maybe there's something in that there was talks that United were talking with Pochettino in January which maybe they were um, and I think we've had a bit of history repeating itself like because when we brought Ollie in on that short-term contract United were never thinking about giving him the job and he and he earned the job and I think again he's, he's been given Bruno in January and suddenly it's like you know in fairness he, he was using Lingard and Pereira who aren't good enough in that number 10 role he gets a proper number 10 and everybody starts playing a lot better. We start playing exciting football. And, you know, now you're like, well, it's not far-fetched to think that this man could get better and better and better. Give, give him a couple more players and, and this could be the start of something really special. So he's definitely the man for me. I'm not going to deny that I've had my concerns. And I think, I think most fans will have done uh, to a certain extent. Um, but I'm excited to see what he can do. Of course... I still think he's learning because I said that when he was getting the job and, you know, there still might, he still might not work for him, but I, I'm certainly seeing things that I haven't seen for a long time at the club and that's encouraging. And in terms of Bruno, as, as you know, um, just bef just during the lockdown, there was a poll, I think it was the BBC that ran the poll talking about team of the season so far. Bruno, Bruno Fernandes appeared in it. There was quite a lot of controversy. People saying, oh, he's been in the Premier League, nowhere near long enough to be considered in this team of the season. Whereas now, you, you fast forward to the end of lockdown, he's won player of the month, two months in the trot. 
And I think a lot of those doubters from other clubs are now looking and going, United have got one hell of a talent. Just how much have you enjoyed Bruno, but also how much are you now enjoying the prospect of him and Pogba playing together? Because in the few games that they have had together, they just look as if they're going to be an incredibly tasty partnership, one that other opposition sides should be very worried about. Yeah, we just spoke about Solskjaer there and the, the change of opinions. And this is a guy who's a, a club legend and everybody wants to succeed. And we did get to that point with with quite a lot of the fans who were like, I, I, love, I love Solskjaer, I don't think it's going to work for him though. It's interesting with Pogba who divided the fan base a year ago. You know, you had people in the Stretford end or definitely one person, you know, shouting abuse at him. And you think, well, that's a United player getting that. He's dividing the fan base. His, his agent's always talking about him leaving. But I think with Pogba, definitely for me, I always liked the player, Paul Pogba. Um, I just wondered about, you know, whether he was committed to the cause. And I think his big problem with United is that he's always been the focal point. You know, there's not been enough around quality around him. With Bruno, he's got that player now who's on the same wavelength, who's a top quality player, um, the potential to be a world-class player. Um, Pogba looks happier. He's got a front three that just looks devastatingly exciting. The links to Sancho can only enhance that. And he's got a team around him now. Um, so, but, but, but on Bruno, I think that he is, a, as I said, he's a player that I, I knew about for about a year before we signed him. And I felt very, very confident that he would be a big, big player for Manchester United and that he would um, that he would succeed because he, I call him a stat padder because he just gets goals and assists and that's exactly what he's done in this time at Manchester United. I think ten Premier League games, six assists and seven goals or something like that, which is just ridiculously prolific. I think there's only other the only other player that's like him is Kevin De Bruyne in this league. So yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about what Bruno can be. I think he I've mentioned it a few times and a lot of people are mentioning it now. He can be like Cantona was when we brought him in from Leeds. That sort of that thing that just takes the rest of the team up and makes it believe. Well, that's the thing. Sometimes you just need a catalyst to come in in a difficult period and uplift everyone at the club and give the feeling of a breath of fresh air, not only to the players around them, but for the fan base as well. And Fernandez has certainly done that. A player who we've got to speak about, Mark, Mason Greenwood. Just how impressed are you by him? I just look at him and I think 18 years of age, 16 goals. I mean, when I was 18, I was probably nursing a hangover, watching The Simpsons, trying to get rid of it. He's, he's, he's absolutely flying. Yeah, I mean, look, he's, he's one of those young players that we've known about for a long time. But I always say with the young players, look, we didn't know loads about Rashford, but he came in the first team and, and he took to it. So you can be the best talent in the youth setup and never, ever play for United well. Or you can just be, you know, somebody who people think's OK and then you come in the first team and they smash it. So, yeah, we've known about Greenwood's talent for a long time and, he, and a lot of people had high hopes for him. But high hopes and then doing it in the first team, as I say, it's not, it's not, a, it's not a definite thing that it's going to happen. But he's been... Unbelievable. I just think his finishing is just something else. Like the way he can sort of hit it through somebody's legs on purpose to get it in the front post or, you know, finish like he did against Villa with his other foot. Um, he, he, I said it so many times, he can be anything he wants to be. I mean, he, he can be world class. Um, I think it's dangerous to start saying those sort of things because he's still very young, like you say. Injuries, loss of form, you just never know. But at the moment, um, he is... I said it the other night, he's, he's, he reminds me of Rooney at that age, not in the way he plays, but just you can be like Rooney without playing the same way as Rooney, but the, the goals he's scoring, the way he conducts himself, the belief he's got in himself, he doesn't look like an 18-year-old. He's playing like a 27-year-old in their prime. So, yeah, I'm massively excited to see 
what he can do. And again, I think he's another player that is uh, benefiting a bit like the class of 92 when you come into a team and you're not the saviour of the team. You're just the player in the team who has that uh, opportunity to just go out there and express yourself without fear. I mean, he's got Bruno, Pogba, Martial, Wambasaka behind him, this Matic. There's a team that's playing so well around him, which means he can play with he can play without fear and pressure. Absolutely, and, and you've alluded alluded to it there with the class of '92 when they came in. As, as you rightly said, nobody was proclaimed as being the savior. They were able to bed themselves in and get comfortable within the team to then move on to the next level. As we're we're now seeing with Greenwood, I mean, 16 goals is just extraordinary, and the season still got games left, so he could could get to 20, which would be an incredible achievement for for really most players in the league, never mind an 18-year-old. And another issue I want to get your perspective on, um, it's something that splits many Manchester United fans. How do you solve a situation like David De Gea and Dean Henderson? What would you do if you were in all shoes this summer? Uh, look, I think yeah, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of De Gea, but I do, I think that Bournemouth goal for me was probably the point where I went, yeah, there's a bit of a problem here. Um, I don't know what that problem is. I think the confidence and concentration uh, problems last year, I always put down to the fact that, you know, we, we dragged his contract renewal out and that uncertainty maybe was getting in his head. Um, but this season, I don't really get it, what, what what's causing the problems with him. Um, I mean, he's not even 30 years of age yet and he has been one of our best players of the last two decades. So I certainly don't want to give up on De Gea and I, and I certainly do want to keep stand by him and, and uh, you know, get him back to the player he can be. And one of the big reasons as well is he's on a massive contract. I mean, who's going to buy David De Gea and who's going to pay his wages? And are you actually going to bench David De Gea for Dean Henderson? I just So I, I think that the solution is that Dean Henderson needs to go on loan again next season and De Gea needs to be given next season to see if he can turn it around. And then in a year's time, if we're still struggling and we're still having this conversation and Dean Henderson's still improving, then I think you've then got to say, look, it's time for Dean Henderson. But I wouldn't do it this coming season, I'd, I'd be looking over the next year to see what happens. Staying on this summer, before we talk about incomings, which is so often the topic of conversation, not just for United, but any top club around the world, I want to get your perspective on outgoings because there's quite a few players in that United team. You alluded to two of them earlier, and Andres Pereira and Jesse Lingard now. They, they, they are trying their best, but for me personally, my own perspective, they're not Manchester United class, and I don't even think they're guys I would want to have on the bench to come on because I don't think they're going to make a great deal of difference personally. Who do you think should be moved on this summer if the club can move them on, of course? Yeah, it's going to be very difficult. You know, it's a very difficult market, and uh, I, I would happily take Sancho and keep what we've got just so that we've got Sancho. But I think ideally, you're right. I mean, Jesse Lingard and Pereira, um, I think they've been given a lot of opportunity. I, I mean, I heard something this week that, that the United will not let Pereira go, which is which is interesting. Um, if they obviously feel that there's there's something there, I, I don't. I did. I did think Pereira had something in him a few years ago. I remember even saying we don't, you don't need James Rodriguez because we've got Pereira coming through. And I think that was when he was on loan in Spain. And I thought, you know, he, he is going to you know get better and better. And for some reason, that's not happened. Lingard as well. I would agree with you. Uh, I think Lingard just needs it for himself as much as anything else. I think he's had a lot of chances at United, and and I just don't think he's of the quality that is a United player, even for the bench now. But I think he can go and do a job for a West Ham or an Everton. And I think that would be a good move for Jesse. So I'd wish him all the best. But um, 
Yeah, so I think Lingard, uh, I, I do think, I, I love Juan Mata, but I think Mata needs to go. I've said it, I was very surprised we gave him the contract a year ago because I'd seen in that previous season a real drop-off, probably because of age. I don't think, I don't see Mata off as much for Manchester United now, especially not this new Manchester United, which is so dynamic and quick in its front three. So I wouldn't mind seeing Mata moving on as well, to be honest with you. And for me, the obvious, the obvious player, and I hate singling him out because I feel any time I have a conversation about United, I do. For me, Phil Jones, I mean, I still cannot believe he was given a five-year contract. It's just the most baffling decision for me from, from whoever <laughs> gave him it. Yeah, and, and apparent, well, apparently he's not going to be back fit till January, so he will survive, like the cockroach, cockroach in a nuclear war, he'll survive another transfer window. I mean... Fellaini was always good at this. He'd get himself injured for every transfer window. And then, uh, so yeah, I mean, I don't think, I don't know why we gave him the five-year contract. I think Solskjaer's realised um, after that Sheffield United performance, he's hardly used him. So I think even Oli knows that I can't trust him. So yeah, but, but if he's injured again, I don't see who's going to buy him. Although there seems to be a little bit of interest. Um, yeah, I mean, he's been here 10 years, I think, next season. He can have a testimonial. He joked himself about no one would turn up and, I mean, look, I don't get it. Again, I think he's a player that if you want to have a career, you go and find a club that, that suits you. And I, again, I think Phil Jones maybe he can have a career for a mid-table Premier League club, but there's certainly no future at Manchester United. But it, it, will, will he move on? I don't, I don't think he will. We've talked there about Sancho. He's the obvious target in terms of an incoming that the fan base would unite behind. Many, including myself, can see value in in Sancho, not just for the next couple of years, but if you get him buying into the Manchester United project long term, he's a player that the age he's at, he could be here for, for up to a decade if you manage him properly, which would be incredible. Who else do you think the club should target? I've been open that I think the club needs another centre-back to complement Harry Maguire a bit better than, than Lindelof does. And I also think that as, as much as Luke Shaw... Um, has improved in recent games. I still think he's not the left-back United need if they're going to challenge for the biggest honours. I'd agree with you on the centre-back. I think it's becoming a bit more pressing than I thought because Eric Bay just doesn't look like he's going to be the player that everyone wants him to be. Um, lapses of concentration, doesn't simplify things. And also there's the injury problems. Twan Sibby's been out for a year, which is worrying. I, I, thought, I think Oli was willing to give him a go. We definitely need a centre-back that's got a bit of pace about them. and. Um, you know, maybe, you know, they've been linked with a few players like Aki and players like that, that maybe the, you can give them a chance. Um, it's interesting, Luke Shaw, because Luke Shaw divides a lot of opinion, but I, I actually am a big fan of Luke Shaw. So I think that left-back is probably one of the areas that, to me, you've got a left-back and then you've got a very good backup left-back in Brandon Williams. So I wouldn't be looking at a left-back. I'd be looking... I, I think Jack Grealish would be a good player to bring in because he's a captain. Um, it's got very good... Um, stats in relation to goals and assists in a relegation side and I think if we lose Pogba or Bruno where's the I like McTominay and I like Fred but I don't see them as creative players so I would like Grealish and I know that there is that interest from Manchester United for him so um, Sancho and Grealish for me would be two that I would look at and, and a centre-back if possible. How do you solve a problem like Alexis Sanchez? If he was to return to United after this loan spell, which is highly debatable because the rumours Inter want to extend it again after the current season is finished or potentially take him permanently, which, again, in my opinion, would be good for United because I don't think it's clearly not worked for him. But the question I've got for you, Mark, is if he was to return to United, do you think there would be any pressure from Oli from the hierarchy because of his salary to try and give him one more go? 
I think if he comes back, that will definitely happen. And I think the pressure will primarily probably come from the media because it's well known that he's the best played player in the Premier League. Um, it would be such a shame if that happened because, you know, that's political then, isn't it? You know, you've got a player that you've got to play because he's part of the squad. I'd be weird. I'd be really disappointed if he came back because, and I'd be disappointed if Solskjaer had to start using him because I, I saw him play against Southampton last season at Old Trafford. And the great thing about being at a game is that you can follow a player and not follow the ball. And the thing about Sanchez is the reason he's not performing is, is because he's not the player we thought we bought. He's actually dropped off. He's lost a yard of pace at least. And, uh, you know, he's never going to get that back at his age. So there's no, again, there's no future in Alexis Sanchez. It's the same as Phil Jones, really. There's no future in that player. Yeah, they might come in and have a few handful of games, but you can't get excited like you can about a Bruno or a, a Greenwood or a Martial or a, or a Brandon Williams or even a Harry Maguire who, you know, they're good players and they're going to get a little bit better in a better side. I just think he's such a hard problem to solve. And I, I do sympathise with Solskjaer because it's a big problem that he inherited. Um, but I, I'd take the hit on Sanchez. I'd get rid of him. I, I don't see him offering anything other than problems for United over the years. So you take the hit, you learn from the mistake, and you move on. You mentioned their centre-backs pressing. Sancho Grealish, I think that would be an incredible window if if United can get, can get it. It looks as if the club are going to, to finish in the top four. Um, it's in United's hands now to finish third, which is incredible as well, considering that lots of people thought that, that potentially wasn't even a possibility just a few months ago. The future looks up for United. What about the future for the United stand and yourself, Mark? Have you got any, any plans or, or, or extra shows that will be coming in the next six months or so? Um, to be honest with you, I think with the United stand, it's just, um, you know, I never expected it to get to the level it is. And that's not, because, not, not to say it's been a shock. It's just that, you know, you start something and you don't really know where it's going to end up. And I quite like that. I don't, I still don't know where it's going to end up. I mean, look, we've, we have got lots of plans. I mean, we were meant to be in Dublin back in April and starting to do some live shows out on the road and, you know, um, meeting up with people. And, and then we were thought we were going to be India in the summer for the tour. And we did London last London last summer. So I think more of those sort of things getting out amongst the community is what we want to do. But obviously the big problem at the moment is this, uh, this virus that's impacted on football and so many people's lives. So I think at the moment, a bit of stability, a bit of enjoying what United are about, and then hopefully we'll get the world back to normal and we can start making some bigger plans again. And just before I let you go, Mark, a question, a more more broad question I want to ask you. As someone who's clearly invested in an idea that they had and seen it flourish through their creativity, what advice would you give to any other young creatives who are listening to this who have maybe got an idea but are maybe a bit sceptical or worried about going for it? I think you've got to be just be be yourself. That's one thing I always say is that, you know, I think if you look through history at anything, most, most success has come from people who've got an idea that they that they follow through as their own idea. Um, I'm not a big fan of just copying what anybody else does and trying to, you know, be the same as that, you know, be yourself and also be open to the fact that it might not work. I mean, my first project wasn't the United stand. My first project was uh, something a little bit more mainstream, which was uh, called soccer box and it didn't quite work. Um, And then I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to do Manchester United because that's my club rather than trying to, you know, do something that involves everything. And of course, now I've got that's football, which involves everything. But that came, you know, after a lot of work on the United stand. So I think you've got to, sometimes you, your initial idea might not be the successful one, but certainly have a go at it, believe in yourself. And most importantly, do it the way you want to do it, because then you can't have any regrets if it doesn't work. And look, 
I've had ideas in the past that didn't work. I've tried different things and, you know, just stick at it. But all right, Mark, it's been an absolute pleasure. I wish you and the United stand every success. And again, I say this, uh, anytime I speak to you, I'd love to have you on again in the future. No, I appreciate it. And as I said, I enjoy these things because I get to just answer questions rather than having to drive it myself. I know how difficult that can be. So we'll dive down to the ocean And we'll make our home in a deep sea cave And our shells will all be open